Hey, next week I'm going to begin a brand new sermon series I'm so excited about. Uh, it's called The Power of Thankfulness. Because one of the things we come to understand is that gratitude changes everything. In fact, the, the biggest difference between lives that are lived in an unhappy way and people who feel fulfilled and content in their life has to do and almost always goes back to this idea of being thankful and, and being grateful. And I'm just excited about starting this new series next week and spending some time on that in November. Today, I want to wrap up the series we've been in called Follow Me, where we've been looking at Jesus's work with his disciples and learning lessons for us as also as disciples of Jesus Christ. Um, I think there are, are two really hard things uh, for those of us who want to be disciples of Jesus Christ. One has to do with the things that we have to let go of. Um, last week, I talked about the hardest part of following is what? Anybody here last week? Yeah, leaving. <laughs> leaving. The hardest part of following is leaving. And we talked last week about sometimes as disciples, God has us walk away from places we've been, certainly walking away from the person that we used to be. Sometimes it's, it's having to step away from people in our life uh, to be able to fully follow him. But the other piece that I think is just as hard for many of us is it's not just about the leaving, it's the taking or seizing the opportunities that God gives us. I, I think, again, it's hard for us sometimes to let go of things and let go of people or let go of places or let go of attitudes or behavior, whatever it might be. But I think just as hard for most of us is when God begins to nudge us that he wants us to step up and step out and do something maybe we've never done before I think for a lot of us, it's really hard for us to do that. Uh, we're filled with insecurity. We're, we're filled with uh, feelings of inadequacy, and we're filled with fear. And that's the one I want to talk about today. I want, I want to look at a passage of Scripture, Matthew chapter 14. If you want to go ahead and take your sermon outlines out, you can have those ready. But today, instead of me just reading the Scripture to you, I'm going to give you a chance to actually see the scripture story happen in front of you. Um, we're going to show the scripture in what's called the visual Bible. This is Matthew chapter 14. It's in the New International Version. But you're going to get actually a chance to see this incredible scene where someone has to get out of their boat, step out of their comfort zone to do something incredible. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. already a considerable distance from land, profited by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost! 
first, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I! Don't be afraid! Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, Tell me to come to you on the water! He said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. <laughs> but when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, cried out. Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. <laughs> oh, you have little faith, <laughs> he said. Why did you doubt? climbed into the boat, the wind died down. And those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Cool story, huh? You know, it's so funny. Whenever I whenever I read this text or when I watch this on the visual Bible, it just it blows me away. How many of you are like me? And it would have never occurred to you if you saw Jesus out on a lake to say to him, Come tell me to get out on the lake too. I mean, I would have, you know, if I'd been terrified like that, I'd have been said, Jesus, come over here to the light where I can see who you are, you know, but, but come out on the lake. Are you kidding me? I always thought, Peter, you got to be really bold to do that. But think about it for a second. You know, one of the things that is, is important to every single human being is to know that their life matters that we can have significance. And I wonder how, how often on our journey uh, of faith, how many times do we pray along the way saying, God, I want my life to matter. I want my life to have significance. Well, I want you to keep this story in mind because when we pray that prayer, I wonder to how many of us Jesus is saying, then come on, step out of your boat, step out of your comfort zone, Step out of your fears. Step out of your insecurity. Let me take you where you can go. I wonder how many of us he might be nudging that way. 
Well, let's unpack this story together. Again, if you want to take your sermon outline out and track along with me, I want to go back to this story. And I want to give you a few thoughts that you can take on that I hope will really challenge you as you feel and hear and sense the call of God on you. Are you ready? Here we go. Here's, here's a few, few truths that we learned from this. Here's the first one. You're capable of more than you know. You're capable of more than you know. Everybody repeat out loud after me. I can do more than I think I can. Let's do it again. I can do more than I think I can. Now, this truth, Peter, again, it would have never dawned on Peter until this moment in time that he might be able to walk on water. I mean, he, he wasn't anybody of note and yet here he is stepping out of the boat, doing what, you know, what he, he never thought he would do. But you know, that was just the first step in Peter's life. Do you know how many times God moved through Peter to do things that Peter never thought he could do? Uh, look at the passage of scripture in Acts chapter two. If you remember the story, this is after Jesus has been resurrected and the disciples are, are launching the church on earth. Peter's preaching to these people on the, on the day of Pentecost, and it says, and each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now read this next part out loud with me. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. Now, again, remember, Peter was the guy who, <clears throat> when Jesus was arrested, denied that he even knew Jesus. And yet here he is, 40 days after the resurrection, uh, you know, he, he's, he's, he's preaching the gospel. Do you think Peter ever saw himself as a guy who would preach to thousands? Do you think Peter ever saw himself as a guy who would, who would preach the word of God and 3,000 people would get saved? Look at me. Can you imagine you? doing that? You see, we, we, send, we tend to put ourselves in a box and we tend to believe that we can only do certain things. But what Peter discovered was he was capable of so much more than he knew. Uh, in fact, if you, if you follow the storyline along in Acts, you find that God is moving through Peter and the Holy Spirit is using Peter and the disciples to do all kinds of great work among the people. Look at it. It says, as a result of the apostles' work, Sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats, listen to this, so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits. Read it out loud with me. And they were all, they were all healed. I mean, can you imagine if someone would have said to Peter a couple years before, <coughs> there's gonna come a day when you're going to be so filled with the Spirit of God that you're going to walk down the street and God is going to move through you in such a powerful way that your shadow is going to pass over people and they're going to be healed by being in your presence. Can you imagine Peter going, I could never do that. I could never be that. Why? Because he had himself in a box. He was just a simple fisherman. He never believed what he could do. Look at me. Please don't miss this. When God created you, he knew exactly what he was doing. And I promise you this, God can do more through you than you can imagine. In fact, I, I, I love this. I was, I was reading an article about a woman in England. Throw that picture up on the screen for me. 
this lady, her name is Carolyn Patty. And the article was talking about, she works in a senior care center over in England. And uh, they were talking about how, well, what an incredible worker she is. Uh, they talked about her great compassion that ha- she has for these seniors in the care center. Uh, they talked about how she comes up with these creative games to help keep them mobile. People, as they get older, particularly when they get in care centers, they stop moving as much. And, and it was really fun. They were talking about she would put them in a big circle and you would use a balloon. And she said they would play what they called balloon tennis. Again, these old people were battling this balloon back and forth. And, and then she talked about the fact that uh, they, she would get them in a circle and they would give them all a pole with a string and a magnet. And they had these little fish on the floor and they would do fishing. And they're talking about using her high hand and eye coordination, doing all these things to help these senior adults keep their faculties about them. Then they talked about how she was so amazing with people, particularly when they were in their last moments of life. And they talked about how Carolyn would sit with people and she would sing to them and she would talk to them and people as they would slip on into eternity, how she would just hold their hand and she would be such a great comfort. They said she was just such an amazing person. What blew me away was when they said, oh yeah, by the way, she's 80 years old. She works 30 hours a week in a senior care center and doing that at 80 years old. Look at me. I don't care how old you are. As long as you have breath in your lungs, you're able to be used by the Spirit of God. Amen? And and sometimes when we're young, you know, we think, well, what can I do? You know, I'm just a kid. And yet the Scriptures has all kinds of stories about young people that God used. Um, It's so so wild. Throw that picture up on the screen. This was uh, a few years ago. This kid right here, he's an eight-year-old by the name of Hector Montoya. He lives down in Grand Prairie, Texas. Watching television one night, he was watching the news, and they were telling this really tragic story about a fire that had hit a house um, in that area, and a woman and her daughter were actually killed in the fire. And as they did this report, they talked about the fact that this family was very poor and that they couldn't afford smoke alarms in their home. And that broke Hector's heart. And as he was thinking about the fact that they couldn't afford smoke detectors, he thought of himself. And he had been saving money for a PlayStation 4. And he had about $300 saved up. I think there were about $400, it said. And he had $300 saved up. And he thought to himself, how can I, in good conscience, he said, how can I play with a PlayStation 4 knowing that there are people who can't even afford a smoke detector for their home? And he decided he wanted to see how many smoke detectors he could buy and help some of the families that lived in that area that were poor have a smoke detector of their own. But he didn't know anything about installing smoke detectors. So you know what this eight-year-old kid did? He went to the local fire department and he talked to the fire captain and he said, I, I wanna buy smoke detectors for the homes of people who can't afford them. Could you guys help me install them? This fire department were blown away. They were excited about the opportunity to help. He got a few more donations of money. This eight-year-old kid bought bought 100 smoke detectors, and on a given Saturday, the fire department helped install them in the homes of people who were in poverty, particularly elderly people, all because an eight-year-old kid caught a vision. Don't tell me you can't do something because you're young. How many of you were blessed by this line of children leading us in worship today? Yeah? Come on, give them a big round of applause. Absolutely. 
You see, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you're young or whether you're old. You're capable of more than you know. Now, let me get you to the second thought. And that is, don't put your faith in what you can do. Put your faith in Jesus with you. Now, this is really key. Because I know as I was talking about, you're capable of more than you, than you, can, uh, than you can do. Some of you are going, oh, Pastor Steve, I'm not that smart. I'm not that talented. I'm not that good. Look at me. And you're right. You're not. That's my gift of encouragement for you today. You're not. You know, you're as bad off as you think you are. It's true. But here's the deal. When Jesus comes onto the scene, that changes everything. Everything. I love the passage of Scripture in in Judges chapter 6. If you remember the storyline, here's Gideon. Um, he's hiding that the Israelite people were under oppression by the Midianites. And Gideon, he's so afraid of being spotted, they were stealing all of their food. He was threshing wheat down in a wine press so nobody would know, know he was there. Here he is hiding in a wine press. The angel of the Lord shows up and says, Hail, mighty hero. And Gideon's like, Dude, you got the wrong address. There is no mighty hero hiding in here, you know? And, uh, and Gideon gets into this conversation, and the angel of the Lord says, God wants to use you to save his people to get them out from the hand of the Midianites. And, and, and Gideon's like, me? Look at what he says. He says, but Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. And the Lord said to him, read it with me, church, I will be with you. Read it again. I will be with you. Look at me. That's the promise of God to you. Not that you're that talented or that gifted or all that, but God will be with you. And that's the storyline through Bible to today's time. You know, when God called Noah to build an ark, do you think Noah could do that all by himself? No, it was God helping him. You remember you get to the end and they finally get the ark built. Who shut the door? It's not a trick question. It's in the Bible. Yeah, who did it? God did. The hand of the Lord closed the door. He couldn't do that. You you remember when God, when Moses saw the burning bush and he starts having this conversation with the burning bush and God speaks to him and he says, I want you to go back to Egypt where you're a wanted man, by the way, and I want you to walk into the court of the most powerful king on earth and I want you to tell him to let my people go. And Moses is like, me? Me? And God, yeah. And Moses gets into this conversation and he goes, well, who am I? And God says, you're nobody. In fact, Moses, I know even as I send you, they're not going to let them go. And Moses is like, well, what's up with that? And God says, but no, they won't let them go unless a mighty hand compels them. But if you will go, don't miss this. I will stretch forth my hand and they will let my people go. It wasn't because Moses was that great of a leader. It was because he had that mighty of a God. Amen? Same thing with David. We we always talk about David out on the battlefield with, with Goliath. You think David was out there because he was that great of a warrior? No, he was a kid with some rocks and a sling. And he nailed, he nailed Goliath right between the eyes. Now, do you think David was that good a shot? Or do you think that maybe God grabbed the rock in midair and went, you know? He had the hand of God. David said, the battle belongs to the Lord. 
Absolutely. Or how about Daniel? You remember the story of Daniel in the lion's den? He gets thrown into this lion's den for not obeying the king, and yet he comes out without a scratch. Why? Because Daniel was a great lion tamer. You know, he dropped him down. He goes, ah, ah. You know, do you think Daniel kept off the lion? No. What happened? God closed the mouths of lions. Are you getting this? And here's Peter. Peter steps out of the boat and onto the water. Could Peter walk on water because he was a great water walker? He had those special aqua shoes, you know? No. How did he walk on water? Because the Lord was with him. I I want you to hear my heart. Make eye contact. Some of you, God is calling you. He's calling you to step up and serve. He's calling you to step up and lead. He's calling you to places, and, and, and it's really, it's, it's annoying you. It's, it's, it's scaring you because you're saying, you're wrestling with God saying, Lord, I can't do that. Listen for the voice of the Lord because he's going to say, you're right, you can't do that, but we can do that. It's not about who you are. It's about who God is, amen? Let me give you, let me give you another principle from this, this story I love. And this one, this one gets to us a little bit. And that is, you must endure the uncomfortable to do the incredible. You gotta endure the uncomfortable to do the incredible. Okay, look at me. Most people don't step into what God wants to do through them because they're too afraid. You see, when God calls us to do things, maybe we've never done before, we've never tried before, or maybe we've, we've tried before and we've been hurt. Whenever, whenever God begins to nudge us, most of us have fear that's holding us back. And you know what we gotta do? We gotta push through that fear. We've got to allow ourselves to be made uncomfortable to really step out and do what God's calling us to do. Some of us wait and we want, we want God to make the fear go away. We want God to make the insecurity go away. We want God to make the, the discomfort go away. No, 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 no. You got to step into it. Faith is stepping into it while you're uncomfortable. That's when God does his best work. Do, do you think that Peter, when Peter said, Lord, if it's really you, call me out of the boat to walk on water with you. And Je- what did Jesus say? Come on, man. What do you think happened for Peter when he got to the edge of the boat? I think that was a moment of discomfort for him because now he's gonna have to do something he's never done before. But if we're willing to push through the discomfort, God can do incredible things. In fact, I was thinking when I was working on this message last week, I I thought about when Jesus sent the disciples out. I've got that passage here for you from, from Matthew chapter 10. It says, Jesus called his 12 disciples together and he gave them authority to cast out evil spirits to heal every kind of disease and illness. Then Jesus sent out the 12 disciples with these these instructions. Read it out loud with me. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, cast out demons, give as freely as you have received. Do you think it made the disciples a little uncomfortable when Jesus said that to them? Let Let me frame it this way. If I were to tell you today, I want you to walk out of this church and everywhere you go, I want you to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. I want, I want you to, how many of you say, I feel a little uncomfortable doing that? Well, well, of course, 
Of course you would. But that was the whole point. Jesus had to help them understand that the Spirit of God could move through them even in their discomfort. If you can push through, if you can push through the discomfort that you have to be obedient to what God is calling you to do, several things can happen. One, you can be a healer. It's on your outline. You can be a healer. Now, I'm not going to tell you you're going to touch people with leprosy. God may use you that way. Maybe not. But God can still use you as a healer. Um, great story just from a week or two ago. Throw that, throw that picture up on the screen. That young lady right there, her name is Kendra uh, Smith. She lives in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, she's a physical therapist. She was... Um, she got a call, uh, October 22nd, she got a call from the San Diego hospital where her mother was, and they told her, you need to come. Your mother's dying. And so uh, Kendra caught the first plane that she could get on to fly from Omaha to, to San Diego. Her plane uh, was, had a, she had a connection through the Denver airport. And when she got off at Denver and turned her phone back on, she got a call from the San Diego hospital and they said, your mother has gone into cardiac arrest. We have been performing CPR for like 15 minutes. Um, do you want us to continue? Uh, she was the only child and she had to make the decision. And she said, you know, my mother has suffered long enough. Um, if the CPR isn't working, then just stop and let my mother go peacefully. And they did. When she hung up, it was overwhelming for her. You know, some of you have walked through times like that when you've had to make that call. And Kendra said that she took a couple of steps after that phone call and she literally dropped to her knees in the Denver airport and just began to sob. And you can imagine um, crowded airport, people walking by, and this woman on her knees, face in her hands, sobbing uncontrollably, and people just kept walking by. People are uncomfortable with those kinds of things. Kendra said, then suddenly she felt some arms around her, and there was a woman who just held on to her and began to pray over her, began to pray for God's healing, began to pray for God's comfort, began to pray for strength. Whatever was going on, she didn't know, but she was just praying over her. And Kendra said when she finally could kind of catch her breath, she stood up and she turned around and she said, this woman was there who was about the age of her mother, who was with a man that she thought probably was her husband and an adult woman, she thought maybe her daughter. And she just began to share with them what she had walked through and how hard it was. And the family gathered together and they, they just prayed with her again. And they, they held her. said so the woman just stood there in the, in the airport, just holding on to her and letting her cry. They walked her to her plane and and she got on, and Kendra flew the rest of the way to San Diego and, and took care of her mom. The way the story came out was after Kendra got to San Diego and took care of her mother, she realized she was thinking about how, how much that meant to her in the Denver airport and how healing it was to have someone notice her and comfort her like that. And then she realized, I don't even know who these people are. 
I, I never got their names. I never got a phone number. I have no idea how to even thank them. So she started posting this story on TikTok, sending it everywhere, trying to say, if you know of these people, if you hear of this story, please put them in touch with me. I want to let them know they came alongside of me in a time when I desperately, desperately needed them. I want you to get this. You see, I'm going to guess that in that crowd of people who were walking by Kendra kneeling in that airport, I'm going to guess that there was more than one believer. I'm going to guess that there was more than one person who had the ability to pray with her. But a lot of people were just uncomfortable with that, and so they kept on walking. One woman stepped out of her discomfort and came alongside and brought healing to her. If you're willing to be made uncomfortable, you can do that kind of stuff. You can also be a witness. If you're willing to step out of your comfort zone, you can, you can be a witness. And it's funny, in, in the conversations with people who are Christ followers, they talk about, people often say that sharing their faith is the scariest thing in the world for them. And yet, would you agree with me? We have friends and family all around us who need to know who Jesus is and what he can do. Amen? And if they need to know, who do you think is going to tell them? You know, Jesus didn't call us to be scholars. He didn't say we have to know the Bible frontwards and backwards. He says in Acts 1.8 that you will be my what, church? Witnesses. You'll be my witnesses everywhere you go. In other words, just don't be afraid. Step out of your comfort zone. Just share with a few other people what God has done for you and watch what God can do with that. I never cease to be amazed when I share a little bit of my story, how many people came up to me and say, my story is just like yours. And you know what? There are a lot of people around you and your story is just like theirs. They need to know what Jesus did for you, they can do for them. Last thought is that you can also be a leader. You can be a leader. It's, it's again, funny to me how, how afraid, afraid people are of having responsibility and stepping up and stepping out and, and when, when there are stakes on the line. And uh, it, it's, just, it's just so hard sometimes for us to say, you know, I want to step into leadership. And yet God calls us to do that. And when we're willing to lead, again, it's amazing what God can do. Um, I was reading an article by a guy who was, he was talking about uh, God in the workplace. And his, his, his premise that he had started with was this whole idea that we abdicate the world to the enemy and, and saying, you know what? He said, we have believers everywhere in, in all kinds of jobs, everywhere around the country. And yet when the opportunity comes, most of us are afraid to speak up about this is what we stand for. And he says, and if we're not going to be salt and light in this world, then we are abdicating this world to the darkness. Does that make sense to you? And he was just talking about, he said, you don't have to be rude. You don't have to be ugly, but you do have to be courageous enough to stand up for the God that you believe in. And he tells a story about this guy named John, who was a senior executive at a, at a, at a, at a company in a major city. And his boss, John's supervisor, came to him and he said, hey, we've got some big-time clients who are coming into town, and we need you to take them out and wine them and dine them, you know. Uh, we need you to, you know, to take them to, you know, some bars. We need you to take them to some places, you know, these kinds of things. And, uh, and John told his supervisor, he said, I can't do that. And the supervisor said, what do you mean you can't do that? He said, you know, I'm, I'm a man of faith. 
And I, I can't, I, I don't mind taking them to sites in the city, but I'm not going to take them to places that, I, that, that, that just are against my faith. I'm just not going to do that. And the supervisor got upset. Next day, John gets called into his CEO's office. <clears throat> and the CEO says to John, hey, I understand you're not willing to take our clients to some places around town. And John said, I'll take them to some places, but I'm not willing to take them to places that violate my faith. John said, sir, he goes, I have what I call a front page way of looking at life. He goes, I never want to go anywhere at night or be anywhere at night that I'm not willing to have plastered on the front page of tomorrow's paper with pictures. The CEO nodded his head. He said, okay, that'll be all. John left. A few days later, the CEO called John back into the office. And John said, yes, sir. And he said, I want you to read this document. John took the document. It was a memo going out to all employees of the company. And the CEO said, I was so moved by what you said. I am instituting a front page uh, uh, policy for our company that all of our employees, they are never to do anything during work hours or after work hours that they don't want on the front page. Are you getting this? All because one guy stood up for his faith. Okay, everybody look at me. This, this is the essence of the message today. Do you really want to do something for God? Do you really want your life to matter? If you do, at some point, you're going to have to do the uncomfortable to achieve the incredible. Let me give you one last part from this story. And that is, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Remember what happened to Peter? It says, so Peter went over the side of the boat and he walked on water toward Jesus. Read it with me. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and he began to sink. Are you getting this? The moment Peter took his eyes off of Jesus and he started looking at the wind and the waves, he lost faith and he began to sink. Now, lean into me just a second. I want you to get this. Because some of you, again, God is calling you to step up and step out of your boat. And some of you are going to take that and you're going to step up and lead. You're going to step up and teach. You're going to step up and serve. You're going to step up and do some things you didn't think. And here's what's going to happen. The moment you take a step toward God, I promise you, the enemy is not happy. And he's going to do everything in his power to distract you, to discourage you, to cause you to want to throw in the towel. And what happens for many of us is when we step up and we step out, we think everything's going to fall into place and it doesn't work that way. And when life gets hard and it starts to be a struggle, we go, I thought, I thought this was going to be all rosy and it's not. And we get focused. We get focused on the problems. We get focused on the opposition. We get focused on the struggle. And when you take your eyes off Jesus and you look at the wind and the waves, what happens? You sink. That's why I put the statement on your outline. It takes a step of faith to get out of the boat, but it takes constant faith to stay afloat. Amen. Rachel's going to lead us in a, in a song in just a moment. We're going to end a little differently today than we normally do. But I want to challenge you with this. Because there are some of you, I guarantee you, you have felt the nudge of God. And you're scared. 
There are some of you, you can feel God tugging you towards something. Maybe you're not even sure exactly what it is, but you're like, God, I'm, I'm not all there yet, man. And yet God is calling you to step over the side of that boat and to take a step of faith with him. And, and today, I, I just want you in a heart of surrender to say, Lord, I'm willing to believe that though I am, can't do a lot of things, you and I can do anything you lead me to. And I want you to make that your declaration today. There may be some of you, you've stepped out of the boat and, and you've been trying to walk on water a little bit. Maybe, maybe recently you found yourself growing a bit discouraged. You're looking at the wind, you're looking at the waves, you're looking at the problems, you're looking at the struggles, you're looking at everything but the Jesus who called you. And today, I just want to call you back to fix your eyes upon him, the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. So here's what I want to do today. I want you to stand with me. Rachel's going to take us back to the song we sang earlier in the set. We're going to do the chorus and talking about God is our way maker. And I want you to sing this with faith, sing it with all of your heart as a declaration before the Lord. And Father, that's our declaration today. We believe that with all of our heart, that you are a way maker, that you are a miracle worker, that you are a promise keeper. But Lord, you don't have to do any of that if we stay in our boat. It's only when we step out in faith and truly choose to become your disciples, not just people who follow you uh, in a shallow sense, but Lord, people who forgive themselves fully to the work that you want to do through us. Lord, we're reminded today that you changed this world, not with a group of scholars and extremely talented people, but you took a group of fishermen and you poured your spirit into them and you did amazing things through them. And Lord, you're willing to do the same in us if we just make ourselves available to you. Father, I believe today we've got some young people who are gonna grow up and they're gonna become pastors and teachers. They're gonna become missionaries for you. They're gonna do things and change lives in ways that they never imagined before because they have yielded themselves to you. Lord, I believe you've got some people who are gonna step up and serve. People who are going to volunteer and find that, Lord, their, their life becomes meaningful and fulfilling. They're going to touch lives. They're, they're going to become significant to someone else as they teach your word. And, Father, we're going to find that you'll do incredible things through us as we pray for people, as we witness to people, as we break the shackles of our discomfort and we step up and lead. All things become possible when we're willing to get out of the boat. So Father, give us courage, give us faith, and help us, oh Lord, to keep our eyes on you. In your precious name we pray. And everyone said, amen.